Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Word that's been in my spirit, I've been trying to get out. And still, I've been pondering on it all week long. It's just been residing in my spirit. And I have some scripture that I'm going to bring you to, but I just can't get away from it. And I've been honestly asking the Lord, how can I articulate what, what I'm seeing in the Word? And so I'm going to do my best to lay a foundation to help you understand what this means, to occupy. Say it again. Say occupy. So let's just go ahead and dive right into the Word of God. I want to thank Jesus for a moment, and let's just invite the Holy Ghost into this room to do what He wants to do. Father, I thank You. This is a holy time. Lord, this isn't a show. We take this so seriously, but Lord, we also... We don't want to be religious. We don't want this to be heavy. I pray that this word would encourage people. I pray, Reagan, turn me up just a little bit. I pray that this word would encourage people, would edify people, that when they leave here, they would feel recharged, that their minds would be lifted. Father, I just ask for that in our church right now. We've got to get past ourselves. And I ask for the help of the Holy Ghost to come and help each one of us lift our heads from just being stuck in this thing that we're so focused on. Lift our heads to see the more that you've called us into. Father, I pray that as I preach this, the eyes would begin to lift, that people would begin to see the possibilities of what you have in store for them, that people would begin to receive blueprints, callings, purposes, instructions, and the little insignificant things that they're bound in, they can't seem to move forward from, they get free from today just simply by your word because your word will set us free. The truth will set us free. I thank you, Father, for freedom in this room in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Luke 19, occupy. I'll do my best. I'll do my best to explain it. Let me ask real quick, guys, how's it gone this week? How's it gone evangelizing and and witnessing to people? I know yesterday Brother Tanner did an outreach, saw like 30 people in Lufkin come to the Lord. We're going to do our best to get them to come to this church. Uh, But I love it because I love seeing people catching the vision, people getting on fire. I'm telling you, we're we're coming to a time, and I, I say we're coming. We've come to a time where this fake Christianity stuff, it does not work. The Sunday morning stuff where we just come in and like we don't go out and do the works of Jesus Christ. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't. I'm telling you, we're in a time where you've got to get in or you've got to get out. You've got to decide, am I going to follow the Lord or am I just going to live my own life and be preoccupied? And that's something the Lord told me so many people are preoccupied. They never learn how to occupy. You're too preoccupied to occupy. We're going to talk about what occupy means. A command from the Lord. But guys, I'm just, I'm praying that we would get free. Because I'm telling you, the second this church gets free, and every single person starts doing what Jesus Christ told us to do in this Word, we'll be packed out. We won't have enough 
chairs in this entire room. Can you say amen? amen. Say this. Say, nobody else is going to do it. Think about your street that you live on. Get this in your spirit. Nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else is going to go to your street. You live on your street. Nobody else is going to go to your workplace. You are the one that is sent. Say, I'm sent. I'm praying for the fire of God to ignite inside of this church where we begin to win souls, not just the church, not just our outreaches. Every day, everywhere that we go, we would encounter people and carry the presence of God with us and do what Jesus did in Acts 10, 38, go around doing good and setting the, uh, healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Can you say amen? Can I tell you, you can't do that, though, if you're not free. You can't set somebody else free if you're not free. Can you say amen? amen. I'm telling you guys, you're, you dying, us dying, every single one of us in this room, dying to self and literally coming to the, the start of Christianity where it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When did Christ run around just spending their whole life thinking about bills? When did Christ spend his whole life just running around tied up and stuff, just bound and all of these things? No. Peter and the other disciples in the book of Acts, you know, when they healed the crippled beggar, they walked up to the crippled beggar and they said, silver and gold, I have none, but what I have, I give to you. He said, stand up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and walk. And the dude was instantly healed. Get this. You can't give something away that you don't have. Amen. Man, you guys are being quiet. Can you say amen? I know it's summertime, and I know the thing to do in summer is to just like screw church and go do everything else all summer long, but we're not going to do that this summer, are we? We're going to dig in. We're going to dive in. We're going to get anointed by the Holy Ghost, and we're going to do what the Lord's placed us in this community to do. Can you say amen? You can't do you can't give something that you don't have. And here's where I want you to lift your mind. You already have everything if you're a believer in Christ. Because people will realize that I can't give something that I don't have. And so they spend their whole life trying to get something. And yet they're like a dog chasing their tail because the Bible says that we've received all 8,000 promises in this word. You have already received the guarantee to all of them in Christ. There's 8,000 covenant promises in this word. Did you know that? That pertain to everything from prosperity to physical healing to, I mean, you name it. Eight land given coming into our possession. Hallelujah. I mean, all kinds of things. There's 8,000 promises. And in Christ, the Bible says, we have received God's resounding yes and amen. What does that mean? That means that it's his will every time, all the time, that these promises belong to us. So you need to lift your mind and stop trying to attain something. The Bible says you can't attain it. You have to believe it. You receive it by faith. How does that work? That means that I look at this and say, wait, I am free. Say, I am free. I am That's probably free. why the Holy Ghost had me repeat that about a hundred times during worship. You need to say it till you believe it. Say, I'm free. Say, I'm anointed. Jesus lives in me. Do you believe that? 
I was talking to this guy from Idaho yesterday. He, he wanted to do a Facebook Live on evangelism. And he was talking about this thing. And I, and I, I just, I, I know I teach this to you all the time. I don't believe in introverts. I don't believe in extroverts. I don't believe in this lie. I have my gift and you have your gift. You know how many people use that as an excuse? I'm not a preacher, right? That's not my, my gift. My gift is just sitting at home and thinking about things. That's what most Christians would think their gift is because that's what they do. I'm not a preacher. That's a lie. You know why? Was Christ a preacher? Could Christ, could, could Christ preach? And if it's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me, then I can preach. Amen. If I can die to myself and be a vessel of the Holy Ghost, I can preach because he can preach and he's in me and I'm dead and he lives through me. You know, I just don't know if I really have the healing mantle and the healing. You, you know, stop saying stupid things like that. It just doesn't make any sense. You have the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. I don't believe, was Christ an introvert? Was Christ, you know, that's just an excuse to be bound in fear. That's really just not, I'm not really that type of personality. Die, die. All of us, just die and, and let Christ live through you. Guys, can I tell you, Christ was a radical person. He went into the temple when they were misusing his father's house and started flipping over tables. Pastor, I think you're being a little bit too abrasive. He flipped over tables and drove people out of the temple with a whip. Right. I think that if Jesus Christ passed at a church today, a lot of people would leave because he's a little too controversial in what he says. He's a little too pushy. Guys, the truth's the truth. Amen. That's the best point that you can come to in life is coming to a place where you believe the word of God. This is the ultimate authority. I tell you, if you can come to that point, God can begin to use you and faith can begin to develop and grow on the inside of you. Because look, I can be, I can totally like, oh man, I, you know, rebel against the word of God. But you've got to bring everything under this word. This is the truth. Whether I like it, whether I love it, whether I hate it, doesn't matter. The truth is the truth. Can you say amen? amen? You know, and I want to tell you, there's only one form of Christianity. Say one form. One type. Jesus said in the book of Revelation, he told a church. Can you say Revelation? Revelation, Revelation is the only book in the Bible that is yet to be completely fulfilled. So that means our future. Do you see why I get so radical about this? Guys, the time is running out. Why are we doing outreaches like this? Just going nuts, like full speed ahead, because the time is running out. Jesus Christ is going to return very soon. And he said in the book of Revelation, I would rather you be hot or cold, but you're neither one. You're somewhere right in the middle. You're lukewarm, and I'm going to vomit you right out of my mouth. You know why? Because there's actually no such thing as lukewarm Christianity. It's not, it, it's a myth, it's a lie. Can you say amen? amen? The cost of being a disciple. You know, there was many people that wanted to follow Jesus, and he told them, before you do, count the cost. Leave everything. Sell everything. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. What's something that he's trying to illustrate to you? That there's only one way. Say one way. One way. 
John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's so simple. But that's a, that's a way that you can preach the gospel message right there. There is one way. There's not only, you know, one truth, one life. Jesus said there's only one way to live life. Did you know that? What works for you works for you. What works for me works for me. No, there's only one way to live life. That's dead to self. That's anointed by the Holy Ghost. That's walking in obedience to the word of God. There's only one truth. There's only one life. I go and tell people all the time, we live in a generation where your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. You know, you have your God, I have my God. We'll all end up in the same place sometime. We'll all end up in the same place somehow. No, it's not true. There's one God. There's not many gods. His name is Jesus Christ. And we're all going to stand before him and not give an account to what we thought and my opinion and how I really felt or didn't feel like doing things. We're going to give an account to what he said, to his word. He actually said that we'll give an account for every idle word that we've spoken. Get this in your spirit today. Your life matters. What you do matters. You getting free, is, it's not just for your benefit. It's absolutely critical that you get free because we're going to be held accountable. What did we do with the ministry of Jesus Christ? Can you say amen? amen? Guys, I know this. I love you so much. But, you know, it's true. Jesus said he, he, he dealt with the same thing. I could stand up here and preach this till I'm blue in the face. But Jesus said there's seed that scattered. Some fell on good soil. Some fell on thorny soil, rocky soil. Some fell to the wayside. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Amen. Amen. Can I just say, get free today. Get free today. Get free today. You know, it's just a decision. It's a mental decision that you make. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. I've decided. Say, I've decided, I've decided. to live for Jesus Christ. It's really not that complicated. We overcomplicate things. We get so wrapped up in our head. We, you know, just the way that we feel or don't feel. Just make the decision. I have decided to live for Jesus Christ. And there's actually only one way to live for Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to sit here and try to, oh, straddle the fence and get all. No. What happens next week if you wake up and you're not having a great day? I have decided to live for Jesus Christ. I've already decided what I'm going to do before it's even time to do it. Are you with me? Y'all with me this morning? Let's look at Occupy. Luke 19, 11 through 13. I want to answer two questions. We, we answered the first question last week. What, what's the point of Christianity? It is. That's, that's, that was point number one last week. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Because I actually, I was ministering to a Muslim that ended up receiving Christ. And he asked me a question, and it really made me think. And it was something that was already stirring in my heart. He said, okay, I pray the prayer. I believe what you say. Then what? Then what do I do? Most Christians would say, well, I, I don't know. You know, you guess you just... Go on living. You prayed the prayer. Good job. We're good. You know, let's, it's just like catch and release. No. 
It's like, no, okay, it made me think, what are the two, like, what do you do now? Now that you prayed the prayer, now that you've given your life to Jesus, you believe this is true, what do you actually do practically? What steps do you take? We talked about last week, number one, 2 Corinthians 5, that every single Christian has a mandate from heaven to preach the gospel. Every Christian. Listen to me, women, you have a mandate to preach the gospel, not just your husbands. Husbands, you have a mandate to preach the gospel, not just your wives. Don't hide behind someone else. Every single person, if you're a believer, we're going to give an account to Jesus Christ. How did we carry this message into our generation? Are you with me? This is like the number one thing. Everything in your life has to push behind win the lost at all costs. You mean that like we're doing soul winning events and stuff and like I actually have to put other things on the back burner and and be a part? Yes. God actually expects self-sacrifice and putting first things first in our lives. Not just when it's convenient. Not just sometimes. You have decided to follow Jesus Christ, and that means you live a life where we go after the lost at all costs, at every opportunity. I read from Ephesians 5 to the youth. I think I might have quoted it last week as well, where it says, don't live like a fool, but live like someone who is wise. It says, make the most of every opportunity. Let's just turn there and read it real quick. I don't want to misquote this or miss anything because it is so powerful. Verse 15, be careful how you live. Don't live like a fool, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So another translation says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Look what it says next. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Look at verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine. Well, Christians, you know, we can... No, look, don't, here's the point. You're missing the point. Even like that stupid thing. Are Christians really allowed to drink? Are we not allowed to drink? So many people caught up in that. Don't be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you say Amen. So the Bible says you need to understand what your mandate from heaven is and then get behind it and go as far and as fast as you possibly can and make the most of every opportunity. Say make the most of every opportunity to win the lost. Are you with me? Most Christians are just too afraid of being controversial. I was talking to a lady yesterday, like, I mean, I, I, I usually don't try to talk to this lady, but yesterday I said, I, you know what, I'm going to talk to this lady, and we're going to talk, we talked for like 30 minutes. And it was just like, she was blown away that I was confronting these demonic mindsets that she had, that don't come from the Word of God. My child can't be healed. There's no cure. It's a demonic mind. I said, not according to the word of God. Nothing is impossible. Yeah, nothing, but, but this is impossible. There's no medical care. I mean, it was just like ridiculous, all of these, these things. Don't be afraid to be controversial. Guys, you have friends. You have family members that you need to sow the word of God into. The truth is the truth. And I want to tell you, just being best friends with somebody 
right? I, I think that if I can just wiggle my way in and no, literally the truth is what sets people free. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But so many Christians are afraid to bring the truth into their own households, their own family, their own friend groups, because it's controversial. And this person has a way of thinking that they're comfortable with, but it's not the truth. Are you with me? Paul, the Apostle Paul actually said that if I wanted to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Is that funny? He says that in the book of Galatians. If I wanted to be a people pleaser, I would not be a servant of Christ. Because I want to tell you, when you're an actual servant of Christ and you got that Holy Ghost and that Holy Ghost got something that he wants to say to somebody to help them, to set them free. And sometimes it's even a truth that they don't want to hear, but they need to hear because the truth will set them free. If they can come to the truth and you're sitting there and you're like, you know, I got to say it. When you have the Holy Ghost, you're going to be a controversial person. Are you with me? Make the most of number one. That's what I told my Muslim friend that got saved. What do I do now? I say, make everything in your life revolve around winning the lost. I've been writing a book that I'm about done with. I'm creating a resource that when people get saved, it's an introductory book on faith to put in people's hands. This will help you. Here's the things that you need to know that nobody will talk to you about. Amen. I like conversations like that. I like conversations with Christians. They're things that everybody's thinking in their head, but things we don't talk about because it's like, you know, you just don't talk about that kind of stuff. And I was writing and I said, talking about a church. I wrote a section called the four spiritual disciplines. Number one, reading the word, say reading the word. If you want to live a life of faith, you have to read the Bible and you have to read it every day. Very simply, for a lack of knowledge, people perish. You can't have what you don't know. There's 8,000 promises in this word, but you can't have a single one of them until you get in it, until you find it, until you grab a hold of it by faith and possess it and say, that belongs to me and I'm going to have it because God said I could have it and Jesus Christ paid a price for me to have it. But guys, let me tell you, you can't have it if you don't know it. You can't have what you don't know. Are you with me? Very practical. Why do I need to read my Bible? Well, the Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. Say the Word. The word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Do you know that Jesus Christ is actually physically, He's not here. He's in heaven. The Holy Ghost is here. Jesus went to heaven and sent the Advocate. So how do I know Jesus? I can't walk up to Jesus like I can walk up to Brother Tanner and sit down. And people that say they do, I'm telling you, I know that, you know, there's people that have had supernatural encounters. I've had a supernatural encounter with Jesus, but I meet people all the time. Oh, yeah, I was I saw an angel this morning. Yeah, Jesus walked into my room and it's like, really? And you still act like that? And you talk to Jesus face to face every day? I'm like, I just have a hard time believing that. It's true. I would say, because, man, I'm telling you, whenever I saw, it was just in my spirit. When I saw Jesus, I mean, it, it like wrecked me. Like, I remember for like two weeks, 
I would just be walking and I'd just br- like break down into tears. Literally, the overwhelming presence after I had that encounter that I've shared with many of you, I had a few years ago with Jesus Christ when he ended up calling me into ministry. Like for like two weeks, I would just be walking all of a sudden the floodgates. I'd just start crying. Like the presence would just overwhelm me. I'm telling you, it's, it's impossible to see Jesus and be the same. Are you with me? So how do I know him then? The word, say the word, became flesh. If you want to know Jesus, start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts, and you can come to know him through his word and by the Holy Ghost. Any Christian that doesn't know the word doesn't know Jesus because he is the word. Are you with me? You got to read the word. My second principle was prayer. My third principle was go to church. Go to church. It's very simple, guys. I try to instill in our kids and youth, put God first and you'll never finish last. There are so many things that I don't believe in getting legalistic about, but there's a couple of things that I say we need to be extremely legalistic about. You need to be in church. I want you guys to get this, and if we can all humble ourselves and come to this point, it'll help all of us. You can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. Isn't that, it, you know, that's, it's the truth. We need one another. Hallelujah. You know, it's actually funny. The Bible says that there's, there's ministry gifts that are given. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. God gave us, when God has something to say, he'll speak by the Spirit. But when God has a work that he wants to do, he uses a man or a woman to do it. So what, when God needs, when, a, when his people need a shepherd, what does he do? He sends a pastor. When a word needs to be delivered to a, to a region, to a place, to a state, he sends a, he sends a prophet that will speak the word of God. Are you with me? So if you're not connected in the church, listen to this. There's a revelation that's waiting for you that will come from the mouth of somebody else. And if you live in this mindset, like I, I got me, myself, and I, I, who said that you have to be a Christian to go to church? Anybody that says that has never read the Bible. What if my hand said, who says I need to be connected to the arm to be a part of John's body? And it just popped right off, you know, like the Adams family ran out the room. That's ridiculous. Are you with me? One of the things that I said in this book talking about church was how to tell the difference between a good church and a bad church. And I said, if I wasn't a pastor, this is just me. And I walked into a church. One of the first things that I would look for is what are they doing in the community to win souls? Any, listen to me. Any church disconnected from winning souls is a church completely disconnected from the heart of God. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, 
go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.